Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The fairy tale. Now, how does that land on you? Does it make you go, yes, we have to be more realistic about love? Or does it make you go, no, I desire the fairy tale and that's what I will be getting? Well, when dating coach Demona Hoffman suggests that you the fairy tale, she's kind of hoping that you feel a bit of both. Are we rejecting the idea that love can be all that we hope and love can be fantastical? I'm rejecting this idea that love has to look one way. I'm rejecting that we have to feel chemistry on the first date. I'm rejecting that we have to date by a list and somebody needs to check all of these boxes. And so like, what is the it that all of us are told we have to attain in order to have a love life worth being proud of? Let's examine what the fairy tale actually is and who is worthy of it. And I think that this is actually a pretty heavy and nuanced conversation that I cannot wait to dive into with Demona. And look, there are some people that are listening right now that might be like, no, I gotta have the car. I gotta have the tall. I gotta have these optics for the life that I'm living. And that's okay if that is, if you are choosing that mindfully. But you've gotta be making, you've gotta, acknowledge where that desire comes from and meet that with mindfulness. Or you can just stay asleep and <laughs> with my husband Jared because selfishly I want to know am I the fairy tale? Sometimes you have to use an ice dildo and put it on camera and put it on Instagram. So I, I don't know if every man would be comfortable with that stuff, but so I wouldn't say that you're the fairy tale. Oh, and you don't know how to cook. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm gonna take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end. I said, hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to the podcast called The Same Damn Thing I Just Said. My name is Shambuja. I'm a public facing sex and relationship expert whom, over the past 100 plus episodes that we have done together, has learned so much and gained so much that has enriched my intimate life in ways I could have never anticipated when I began this podcast with all of you. And I pray with everything inside of me that you can say the same, that this has led you to more connection, more clarity, more great sex. Let's just call it what it is. And that is why I think this episode is so important because the truth is you can actually find your fairy tale, your happily ever after, figure out what your best is and what, of course, that's an evolving conversation, but what works best for you today? But if that doesn't fit within the definition of what the world has defined as the best, you may find yourself, one, second guessing your own joy and contentment, or two, feeling like you have to excuse it. And to me, one of the most heartbreaking and disappointing realities of actually figuring out your intimate life finding commitment structures and relationships that bring out the best in you, existing in sexual dynamics that are pleasurable and equitable. One of the downsides to that is often what makes us feel good doesn't fit within the definition of what is good in society. So even though we are living in our fairy tale, because it doesn't compare to the book that has been written, we feel like we still haven't done it, or we feel like we have to justify our it to the world when the joy on our faces, the glow in our skin should be testament enough. And I think when we say fuck the fairy tale, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about rejecting the idea that you can have the feelings of the fairy tale, but rejecting the societal notion that if it doesn't look a certain way, well, then it must be settling. So in order to dive into this conversation, I think we need to first ground ourselves in an agreeance of what is the actual 2023 fairy tale. And of course, I had to go to y'all to find out what you thought it was first. The perfect man would be tall, dark, handsome for a living. He would do something both 
commercial but creative something on the business side of a creative industry he would be kind equal parts masculinity and femininity able to be traditional but also forward thinking he would want to do well in his career and be successful but also not expect his partner to therefore take care of house and home he would also be 50% in all areas a high disciplined successful entrepreneur okay because that person would have a lot of time freedom but they would also have to be a very committed and disciplined person to be an entrepreneur probably tall beard definitely takes care of themselves and their body so good hygiene um consistent in the gym just an overall like healthy person i would want them to already be a family oriented person so someone that is already looking to like be a provider in some way they are tall beautiful smile they have the look that holds masculine and feminine perfectly having generational wealth having multiple businesses and streams of income passive and having passion passion projects for me it would be someone who is taller than me he's tall muscly but doesn't really need to be muscly he's just manly he's just he's just big they also value i think compassion and empathy and like her kind of like tender loving care kind of thing oh and good dick you cannot forget good dick that that has to be in there good dick and for the perfect gen z twist we met on tiktok what i loved about this episode with demona is that it had me really deeply reflecting on this because when i first got introduced to the book title i was like well i don't like this because i'm living the fairy tale and i want to encourage other people that they can live in it too but then i assessed the fact that many people do not think that I have the fairy tale. As a matter of fact, they think that I'm living in a nightmare because of some of the details of my relationship don't line up with what we're told we're supposed to measure it against. And what is the it again? I think that the societal fairy tale in 2023 is you meet somebody whom is a prince. So I'm talking about the heterosexual fairy tale. This person is a prince of a very wealthy, respected non-controversial country so they have lots of money they have lots of respect they have lots of power but as the prince they actually don't have a lot of responsibility so they have time to fully devote themselves to you they are a present romantic partner they are faithful and they are interested in starting a family with you and being an equal parent if not a greater parent in terms of the lion's share of the work than you can be they are an amazing father that doesn't take away from the fact that they're an amazing lover they have the perfect size penis they love sex but not more than you so you guys always want to have sex the exact same time and they are freaky but not in ways that are outside of your current comfort zone they're good looking your friends think they're good looking and they don't have any controversial opinions on Facebook. If you have done that, you're existing in the fairy tale. I think if we're honest, what's really attractive about the fairy tale relationship isn't necessarily the partner, it's the party that gets thrown for you. It's the fact that the rest of the world unquestionably says, you did it, you figured this love thing out. Then they etched Finn across your story, they drop the red curtain and they stand and they clap because you found the perfect partner and your relationship is unquestionably the benchmark of what love is supposed to be and hence what life is all about. And uh, I love the fact that Demona is challenging that. And that is why I'm thrilled to have her as a guest. We're gonna get into our interview with Demona, but first, can we talk about our gut and how our sponsor Ritual can help you feel more in touch with it? Now, to be clear, sometimes your gut tells you to call your ex. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual cannot help you with that, but if your gut is telling you that it requires more support during this time, well then Ritual has your back. So they made this three-in-one clinically studied prebiotic 
probiotic, and postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. This daily three-in-one has two clinically studied probiotic strains that aid in alleviating occasional digestive occasional digestive discomforts and fortifies the gut barrier. All this power is encapsulated in a single minty delayed release capsule that does not require refrigeration, making it perfect for travel. And wouldn't you know it, your girl is traveling to Mexico tomorrow and I'm definitely packing this because new food and water is not always easy on the stomach. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. It is time for all of us to listen to our guts. And just for listening right now, Ritual is offering lovers and friends 30% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com slash lovers to start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. And now let's fuck the fairy tale with Demona. Do you still do one-on-one coaching? I'm not me personally, but my colleague does does the one-on-one and then I do groups. I do groups twice a year. I really like working with people in groups because there's fun stuff that we can do of like like playing out the exercises and doing partner work that I can't do if I'm just working with someone one-on-one. And I feel like people have to get the work in their bodies to really, to really start to do it out in the world. We could talk about it, you know, forever, but until you actually feel what it feels like, it doesn't always click. That is actually a really good aha for dating coaching, right? Yeah. Cause they think about that as a one-to-one practice, but it's not a one-to-one skill set. So you don't, you're not going to get somebody who's like focused on you on a date. Like it's an interaction where they're focused on themselves and then you're focused on you. So like you have to learn how to play nicely together. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times we, we do so much work in our heads. We're so in our heads about so much. And then when we communicate with somebody, something comes across wrong or we just uh, don't understand what's really happening on the other side. So that's why I really try to get people into action instead instead of like dating theory. There's certainly a lot that I know about dating theory and like having worked with dating apps for the last 15 plus years. I know the technical aspects, but there's so much else in navigating through the current dating landscape. What is a physical activity that we can do together right now? That's something that you would do in group session. What we could do right now is we could just tell a story. Um, we're going to play last word, first word. Okay. So the last word of my sentence will be the first word of your sentence. And then we'll go back and forth and we're telling a story together. It could be literally about anything. Um, it could be about, I don't know, what's the topic? My daughter, Ryu, is going to be a rainbow dragon for Halloween. Halloween is the best time of year in my neighborhood. Neighborhoods are where people kill each other. (laughs) Other things that happen in neighborhoods are block parties. (laughs) Parties are where people can have sex in groups. Groups make parties a lot more fun. Fun is something I aspire to every day. Mm, I love that. I love that. So you see there, and you know, we just were telling a nonsense story, but because I had to listen for her last word, it got me really present in the moment and really listening and being very thoughtful about the words that I was choosing. So we might do an exercise like that, which has nothing to do with dating. You're never going to go on a date and do that. Why not? You just learned that I potentially like to kill people and go to sex parties. That's a pretty good first date. <laughs> oh, that was all real. <laughs> I thought it was just a fantasy story. Yeah, but it's 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 really about just having fun also, having fun with dating. And so sometimes when we just release our inhibitions, like there's no pressure on the outcome. We weren't trying to tell a story that was going to, you know, make the cover of, <laughs> of a magazine or be on bestseller list. We're just being in this moment and trying to respond authentically to what's happening. Okay, well, you teed me up very nicely to talk about our third guest. Round of applause for the book. Yeah. F the Fairy Tale, written by Demona Hoffman, coming out in January. Tell me about your dreams for this book. Oh, my dreams. Well, I've been doing this work for a long time, but I've never written a book. And so I wanted to 
to create something that would really give people an understanding of the current world of dating that we live in, because it's so different than it was even 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. I really wanted to capture the moment of it's F the fairy tales, the title, the moment that we're in so many people are frustrated, are disappointed, are discouraged with dating. And I wanted people to first understand how we got here. Like we kind of created this situation. We can kind of dissect that later, but it's a why how book. It's not a how to book. Why are things like this? And then how, how can we move forward so that we get our needs met in love? Let's talk about the title. Was it title first, book second, or book first, title second? Book first, title second, very much so. I started with this idea of these myths, dating myths that we have all heard. We've read in fairy tales. We've heard in, we've seen in rom-coms our whole lives about what love is supposed to look like and feel like and how we're supposed to find it. And I just found a lot with my clients and my podcast listeners that we, we've all bought into some sort of a myth and that's not really how we should be charting our love lives. So it's really more about these pillars of long-term compatibility. It's about having shared values and shared goals and respect and communication. And I wanted to move away from the myth so that we could tell ourselves better stories that are more likely to lead to the relationships that we actually want. Because I'm curious about the fairy tale component of it. I'm curious because when we think about fairy tales... Are we rejecting the idea that love can be all that we hope and love can be fantastical or are we rejecting Disney? I'm rejecting this idea that love has to look one way. I'm rejecting that we have to feel chemistry on the first date. I'm rejecting that we have to date by a list and somebody needs to check all of these boxes. That's what I'm rejecting. I'm rejecting anything that's keeping you feeling stuck feeling unloved, feeling like it's not going to happen for you. And I very much believe in love. I'm, I, I used to be a cynic. I was totally skeptical that I was ever going to find my person. And now I've been married 16 years and I really am like living a dream relationship life. You know, I have like the picket fence. I don't actually have a picket fence, but (laughs) I do have, you know, I have the home and I have the the two kids and I have the dog and I have everything, but it's, it's built the way that I wanted to build it. And there's a lot of things that people would tell me about chivalry and gender roles and race and religion. And so many things that I explore in the book that did not fit for me. And it was only once I realized that I get to write the rules of my love story. I don't have to follow somebody else's plan that I was able to start to build this. Are you in your happily ever after relationship? Yeah. In my life, the person you choose to partner with is the most important decision that you will ever make. It affects everything else in your life. It affects your finances. It affects your mental health, your um, family. And yet it's so weird that it's the one decision that we totally leave to chance, right? We say things like, well, love will happen when I least expect it, or I don't want to work that hard. And I think... When have you ever gotten something worth having that you didn't work towards, that you didn't approach mindfully, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I always talk about that when LA is the perfect example, where some people's career plan is like, I'm going to move to LA, get a job at a coffee shop and wait for ex director to walk in and say, take off that apron, remove that cap. You're going to the set. You're the new star (laughs) of this movie. Yeah. And then some people's strategy is to get an agent, go on thousands of auditions, network with casting directors and cut their teeth hard and do the, do it the long path and then eventually land a small role and da, 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 da. So not to say that the person who has the coffee shop plan won't end up with their happily ever after, but, but it's not a plan. It's not a plan. It's, it's hope. It's like I talk in the book about how we're just all addicted to hopium, you know, <laughs> we're just like we are strung out on hopium and just like, well, I'll just, I just want to meet them out in the world. I just want it to happen when I least expect it. And 
I've just seen after doing this for over 15 years that when people approach dating with that same focus that they do the other things that they've worked towards in their lives that are meaningful to them. The reason why I think this is important to note because this book could come across as inherently cynical. Mm. And that's not bad, but I think that there is a lot of rhetoric out there right now that's like, love isn't what you think it's going to be and relationships are hard work and this idea that you're gonna get this person who's going to take away all of your insecurities, and you're gonna live happily ever after and have this great romance is not really true. But I was like, well, damn, that feels true for me though. I just wanna pause here for a second to acknowledge that you might find this next part hard to hear or inauthentic. And if you do, I relate. I've been there before. As a matter of fact, I was probably there for all of my 20s. And while I felt like believing that love wasn't all that people said it was going to be made me more mature and more intelligent, it also made me more afraid and more closed off to new information since I was always trying to be one step ahead of the BS. And personally, all of this just made me more miserable. I talk about this a lot, but when I turned 30, I made it my mission to change my mindset and strategy towards dating. And when I did that, y'all, I cannot gush enough about the results, not just in terms, of course, of meeting Jared, but every romantic prospect that I met from that point on, I genuinely enjoyed the experience getting to know them, and I felt like I was better for our interaction, like period. And you know how when you see a lineup of people, you can kind of guess what part of your event they're going to, if I lined up the men I dated in my 30s, y'all, you would be hella confused until you spoke to each of them. And then you would see the through line. All of these men were going to see about a woman who loved herself, who loved life, and was interested in bringing out the best in people, who showed an interest in nurturing without needing or taking the best of her in exchange. And it took me a lot of work to become this woman that they were lining up to see, including the work it took me to rid myself of societal expectations on what kind of man a woman like me genuinely needed. For me, that work came in therapeutic mediums like books, podcasts, and informal conversations with experts. For you, it might mean speaking with a licensed therapist or counselor who understands your goals and personal roadblocks. And if that feels true to you, I want to talk to you about our sponsor of this episode, BetterHelp. Therapy is not just for those who have experienced major trauma. It's for anyone who is seeking positive coping skills, is looking for language to help with boundary setting and with goal meeting. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, think about giving BetterHelp a try. I can't think of a better time than this time of year to give this gift to yourself. And if you're thinking this time of year is too busy to start, well, hear me out. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com lovers to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash lovers. Okay, let's get back to me being annoying and talking about how great my relationship is. I genuinely feel like I'm in a fairy tale relationship. In reflecting on that, I was like, I wonder if it's just my fairy tale though. Like what are the odds that my partner feels literally the exact same way? But I genuinely feel like every big nauseating take on love that I heard when I was younger is like actually applicable in my current relationship. So. Hmm. What this is saying, though, is that can be true, just not in the step one, step two, step three, step four that we have been fed that it has to happen in. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's also empowering, I feel like, to realize that you have choice. And I, I also talk about how women did not have choice in dating before. Yeah. And this is part of the why. If we 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 have a short memory. You know, we look back a few years and women didn't have the ability to buy property. Women didn't have, well, I was going to say, women didn't have the right to choose. Um, and now they still don't. But I, it's very interesting to me to see how that's going to affect dating, the the issue of choice. But Choice the, for what? Cho choice of, of your, of if you want to be a parent and what happens to your body. Mm. That's directly linked to dating because when we look at women getting birth control and getting the right to choose if they wanted to become a parent or not, then we see women staying in the workplace longer. We see, see 
people delaying marriage to find the right person and not just get married so they can have sex and start their family. It, it has a ripple effect. And so I'm interested in all of that as it applies to how people make their choices in dating. Because, you know, I get a lot of people that, are, that have been married to their job for a number of years and then they realize they actually want to be married to another person and then they're in a hurry for it because they haven't made the plan. But the fact that we even have the ability to choose to make the plan on our timeline, that is a privilege that we don't even recognize because we're not really looking back at how we even got here. Mm -hmm. And I know it's, it's divisive for some people. I know you and I both work with dating apps and I'm a huge fan of dating apps. I, I met my husband online and that's how the majority of my clients over these last 15 years have met their partners. I think a lot of people are using them wrong. We can talk about that. But the amount of opportunity that dating apps have opened up for women to be able to choose is huge. And yes, it comes, you know, with it comes with ghosters and it comes with fuckboys and it comes with all of these other things that we don't want. But just that ability to select who we choose to give our time to is something that I would value over just having to go with whoever your mom knows, whoever goes to church with you, whoever lives down the street. Whoever stops you. Whoever stops you. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, because I remember those days and I, I it was not the ones that stopped you <laughs> that really were were the matches that you were choosing. Did you choose your husband? Did he choose you? I mean, with dating apps, sometimes you don't really necessarily even know. You just know that the yeah. two of you matched, right? He messaged me first, but I took one look at his profile and I was like, this is the guy. Now, mind you, there were other times, Shan, when I said, this, this is, is the, the guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk about that a little bit in the book too. But with him, I saw things in his profile that just made me curious, that made me lean in. And by the time, and I wasn't totally bought in on the first date. It was still a bit of discovery, but certainly by the third date, I was, I was all in. And that's one of the reasons I give my clients a three date rule if they're not totally sure. Cause I think, especially in swipe culture, we're so quick to just yes. dismiss. Thank you. Next. And to me, that robs you of a lot of the fun part of dating of the discovery and seeing what comes beyond those those first date nerves and that anticipation. That's where everything that's exciting and juicy is. So if you had to decide after the first date whether or not this guy would be your husband or not, what would you have said? After the first date? Yeah. Probably not. But one thing that I try to encourage people to do is to not play ahead to the future too much. Because if you're already asking that question, is this my husband on the first date, you don't have all the information yet. So how could you even know? How could you know? I thought he was cute. I thought he was interesting. I did say, this is the smartest guy I've ever been out with. And I'm just really curious about how his brain works. And to this day, that is something that I get really excited about for my, with my husband still. I'm always like, what do you think about this thing happening in the world? Tell me your perspective. Like, I just, I just hang on his every word. And that... That's what lit me up back then and still lights me up now. Oh, my God. I can see you lighting up just talking <laughs> about it. Uh, is there any truth to the old adage that your grandma may have said to you, but my grandma said to me that if you want to be happy, make sure the man loves you more than you love him? <laughs> I don't know, Grandma. I, I believe in equity partnerships. So... I feel like you should each love one and each other a hundred percent and you should love yourself a hundred percent. That's where, when I was writing this book and examining past relationships, that's where things were never equal. You know, there was always someone that had more power in the relationship, someone who put more effort into the relationship, not in, in all situations, but you know, in many in many relationships in the past, it wasn't equal. And for me, an equality partnership is the right choice. Are you like familiar with books like, what's it called? The Masculine Man? It's like a yellow cover. 
No, I probably rejected that completely. Because I... it was talking about that <laughs> and saying that a lot of people have an idea of egalitarian or equal relationships, but the truth is that's only 10% of relationships. The other 90%, somebody is the dominant and someone is the submissive. Hmm. There's room for all ideas in the world, but it's not my personal philosophy. And I also, you know, I, I take down the, this whole idea of chivalry even you know, I've had clients that have said to me, well, if he doesn't open the door for me on the first date, it's done. And it's like, it's not really about opening the, the, the door for you. It's what does that signify to you? What does opening the door mean? Because to me, it says, well, I want to feel taken care of. I want to feel loved. I want to feel seen and appreciated. And I don't know, feel like a princess. There we go back to the fairy tales. But I'm more interested in the feeling and that's what I do with my clients. I, I do all kinds of visualization and, and journaling exercises to get them into the feeling of what it will be like to be with their person. Cause you might not recognize the package that it comes in. If you're going down a list and you're checking boxes, you might miss one, but you'll know when you feel it, it will, you'll, you'll recognize that feeling when it's repeated. Yeah, because somebody could tick all of those boxes, pay for dinner, open the doors, pull out your chair. But the way that it's done is done in a way that you're like, does this person actually see me or is this person trying to control me? But if you're so concerned on the act, you might just miss and ignore that feeling altogether that this doesn't really quite feel right. So I think it's a really yeah, that could be like a game changing point for people. Are you uh, privy right now to uh, the trending topic of women who won't on dates? Like the list, there was a list that came out mm -hmm. of places that women said that they refused mm -hmm. to go on a first date. Cheesecake factory. <sighs> okay, so I avoided sharing this viral first date list because I don't think the people who wrote it stand by it. I think in the past couple of years, there has been a rise in intimacy-based content that really is let me use this as an in to be seen. So I'm gonna talk about this topic that seems to be viral and trending right now and say salacious, outrageous things to get attention so I can draw attention to something else that I care about. You can always tell the difference between people who genuinely believe what radical thing that they've said and those who are just saying it for attention by the next thing that they post. So you'll always see these viral tweets of like these crazy commentary. And then underneath it, they'll say, now that I have your attention, check out my line of cups. Now that I have your attention, check out my boy's mixtape. Like, so I think that this list is kind of a part of that. Let me use this to be seen content. Uh, but nonetheless, I digress. We can use it as a point to start a meaningful discussion. So here we go. I'm going to read the list. Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's, Chili's, Chipotle, Olive Garden, Movies, Your House, Fast Food, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop, Red Lobster, A Buffet, IHOP, Denny's, The Gym, Church, Starbucks, Coffee Dates, Ice Cream Dates, Family Functions, Movie Nights, Summer That Requires a Long Drive, Bowling, Nightclubs, Hookah Bar, A Bar Just for Drinks, Waffle House, Sports Events. More or less what the list is insinuating is that a good time is damn near all the way correlated with how fancy a place is and how much money you spent at this place, which, hey, to each their own. But let's do a brief exercise in the comments section below. Describe the best date you have ever been on. For me, this guy took me on a picnic to Scarborough Bluffs. And while we were looking for a picnic spot, we just kept discovering and walking around. And we walked so far that we stumbled upon this beautiful staircase waterfall that I didn't even know existed in my city. And then we climbed up the waterfall and then sat on a couple rocks and we busted out his cheese sandwiches or whatever he packed on that picnic and had this beautiful conversation. And to this day, that's just the best date I've ever been on before. And when it comes to food, I traveled for work and went to a bunch of fancy restaurants in the past month. And still the best thing that I've recently eaten cost me less than 10 bucks a serving. I'm talking about the open blue cobia with pistachio gremolata I made at home with our sponsor, HelloFresh. Make delicious memories and save money this holiday season with HelloFresh's pre-proportioned ingredients. You're never going to waste money on excess food. You won't be stuck in the insane checkout lines of the holiday season, and you won't be tempted to order food in in order to enjoy a great meal. Sign up for HelloFresh and get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. Just choose your recipe, select a delivery date, and relax knowing that dinner lunch and breakfast and snacks if you want is on the way hellofresh is over 45 recipes and more than 100 100 
More than 100 seasonal add-ons to choose from every week, so it's easier than ever to find something great that everybody will enjoy. Cooking HelloFresh meals is a family-fave pastime, and whether you've got a crew or you're flying solo, I highly encourage you to try America's number one meal kit, especially if you're a breakfast lover. Go to HelloFresh.com loversfree and use code loversfree for free breakfast for life. That means one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash lovers free when you use the code lovers free. Good. Okay. Now we can head back to hear Demona's take on where to go on a first date. Do you look at this as a sign of improving times for women because they're having more agency and they're being more clear about their boundaries and guidelines and wants in dating? Or have we gone in the wrong direction? That's a great question. And I would say, again, for me, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work for my life. Like to make, I won't lists. I think that's just limiting and anything, everything is a negotiation and a conversation, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But see, I think the problem is a little bit deeper than that, is that still there are a lot of people buying into the myth and the fairy tale that, well, I don't want to plan any dates because I'm a woman and that's, I'm not supposed to do that. So he has to just guess where I want to go. And then I get to be mad at him if he chooses Bowling Cheesecake Factory, one of these places that I don't want to go. You get the ability also to advocate for yourself from the beginning. So let's do away with these ideas that we just need to show up and look pretty. And then the guy's supposed to fall at our feet. That's like so much of the dating disappointment is these expectations that I feel like are no longer resistant. That These expectations that are no longer realistic for the world that we live in. And the world that we're trying to build, like I'll hear from a woman that owns her own business, that has her own house, that is very successful in her own right, that she doesn't want to do all of that in dating. And it's like, you can't, you can't turn you off. You're always going to be you. Everywhere you go, every relationship you're in, there's one common denominator and it's you. And if you're trying to, you're trying to, fit into some mold to be dateable or you have some idea about how it's supposed to go because of a story that you've seen, read, heard that's been passed down to you, you're going to end up in that place of disappointment eventually. It's interesting because my guest just prior was saying that they're very successful um, as an entertainer and they date older men, and I asked them why, and they said, because I just want one place where I don't have to be in charge. I don't have to be the alpha. And I was like, okay. It's interesting, yeah, because why gravitate towards a career where you flex this side of yourself? But maybe some people do enjoy the contrast. But I, I want to hear more about that point, where do you think it's realistic for that kind of woman to desire a relationship where the man doesn't value those things in the partnership? I think you answered your own question there. Like, no, I mean, you're the things that have made you successful in every other aspect of your life are the same things that are going to come into your relationship, whether you suppress them because you don't, you don't feel like it or you don't want to do it in the relationship or you don't think it'll be attractive in the relationship, they will come to the surface eventually. So you might as well just rip the bandaid off and be your whole self from the beginning. But I, I want to actually dissect that idea of I want to date an older man because I, I want him to lead. That is also a myth. So my husband and I are the same age. We're like three months apart. And I had it in my head. I, and by the way, all of these myths, I bought into at one point in my life as well. And that's probably why I used to be a love cynic and I am no longer. Now I'm a love advocate. But I thought, well, I got to date a guy a year to 10 years older. That was what all my dating apps were set. I would like, I went to speed dating. I was, I was out here (laughs) in these LA dating streets trying to, trying to meet people that were in this random age bracket. Why a year, why a year to 10 years? I just made that up. Well, you answer why, why? Because of a story. I don't, I somehow thought, 
well, I always dated older guys. And so that's what I should continue to date. And a year to 10 years older seems like probably like your prior guest said, like they have their life together. They're more settled. They're, they're more mature. And when my husband reached out to me, he saw that we were the same age and that I had said I wanted to date someone older. So he almost didn't reach out to me because he was like, he was like, uh, maybe I'm not what she's looking for. Now I'm like, that would have been ridiculous. Yeah. I'm so glad that he sent that message because he was like, it was my birthday next month. So I thought, well, then I'll like age into the age bracket. So I went ahead and sent the message. But to think that I almost missed the best relationship of my life because of an arbitrary age number. And he was the most mature guy. I was actually, I was actually dating somebody else at the time when we met casually who was 10 years older. And my husband was way more mature than this guy was and had much clearer ideas about his goals and his values, which are those pillars of long-term compatibility. And the age did not even factor into it. I don't want to give away the book because people should go out there and read the book. And even if they, you do give things away, they should just have it to reference back. It's like, okay, well, what's a refresher on the way to approach this question or yeah. dilemma? Um, but if there's one myth that we can focus on and just dismantle right now, which one? I'll let you pick. Mm. The soulmate myth. This idea that there is one person predestined out in the world for you to search through for this needle in this world-sized haystack, that keeps a lot of people single. Because first of all, there isn't just a one. And even though I am living the fairy tale right now, both my husband and I would say, we connected at a time when we were both looking for the same things, where we could build a life together. But he's probably not the only person in the world that I could have ended up with. And he says the same thing. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm thrilled that we have what we have. But if I was just like, everyone has to check these boxes and they have to be my soulmate. <laughs> I feel like I would have, I, I could have missed something great. There isn't just one person. And also, you don't have to question it so much in the moment. Because I see that with a lot of clients where they're like, well, I like them, but I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. Are they my soulmate? I don't know if they're my soulmate. Let's take the pressure off of that term, right? I mean, do you feel like Jared's your soulmate? I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I always go back to we were we just we started out probably very perfectly to your book's alignment. I literally if you would have asked me after the first time I hung out with him if that's the guy I would have married, I'd been like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Never in a million years would I marry that guy. Um, and I saw him again because I had fun with him. Yeah. But that was it. It was just fun. He was purely fun. I had no advanced plans for him. Um for, for who he was and then for also who I wanted to be. I just didn't think that I, it aligned. But I remember when we were, we went on a trip together and we were at a party. We were having a great time. I used to have partners before. I'd have really awkward times at social outings with them. Mm -hmm. Just by virtue of what I do. I, I like to be very flirty. I think it's very fun to be flirty. So we were having a great time out socially. And I was like, and I was in a position for work. So that means you're getting a bit more attention. So sometimes partners have a hard time with that too. And we mm -hmm. just said, he did not. So it was really fun. It's like, I'm having a great time with my fuck buddy at this party. He was awesome. And then I was like, man, it's so easy hanging out with you. Like, just so glad you came. He's like, yeah, it's because I'm meant for you. And he was drunk at the time. So I was like, what a weird thing for a fuck buddy to say. Bitch, you ain't meant for me. Like, <laughs> I got bigger plans. And I kind of go back to that sometimes. I was like, yeah, like, he, I don't believe, I, to your point, like, um, I always think back to Aziz Ansari's book where he talks about that, like, you know, 50 years ago, most people got married to somebody within like a three apartment building radius. Yeah. So like if everybody in the world, your soulmate just happens to live a street away. Like that seems a little unreasonable. Mm -hmm. So I totally don't think, nor do I take a uh, that type of like thought process of that the world is conspiring in my favor. But 
I'd like to think that there's not a better partner. We spend so much time questioning, like, what does that word even mean? It's thrown around a lot. Oh, I'm searching for my soulmate. I feel like that puts just so much more pressure on the relationship as it's unfolding. And then it, you can't even really read the signals because you're like, well, I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. I don't know if I've been with my soulmate before. Obviously not because they would have been your soulmate. So I really try to get my clients and my dates and mates listeners to just brush that idea of soulmate aside. It's really much more about building these pillars and building trust as well. Like you, you didn't necessarily trust when he said <laughs> that he was, he was made for you, but over time. But to your point too, Jared's six years younger. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm not going to marry a dude who's younger than me. Yeah. Serious person yeah. doing serious <laughs> things on this planet. I'm going to marry a man who's older. So right. it was an open space to be like a casual sex buddy, but like that's where I would keep somebody younger. I don't take them seriously. So I mm. think though, as much as there's not a soulmate, cause I think we can define soulmate as predetermined life partner, like um, matrix, mm. like Neo and Trinity and they are soulmates. And if they find each other, wow, we're flying through the air and dodging bullets. Like we have reached another level of our human potential through our partnership. So I think that we can reject that idea because I don't know anybody who can fly through the air and dodge bullets. But do you think that we can accept that being with the right person feels like I probably can't do better? Yeah. Yeah. I certainly don't want anyone to settle. That's that's the kiss of death. If you just like, well, this person's good enough and I, you know, I got to pop a baby out in the next couple of years. Might as well, you know, and there are, I do have clients that have done that. I have clients that have actually taken my course who are pregnant and <laughs> pregnant and dating. Remember that show? So, you know, you can begin this journey at any point. And that's, I think the, the big message is that you get to do it your way. And there is someone out there who will align with what you're looking for, but you have to have clarity first. That's why I start, I start the book with mindset Mindset is both how you are thinking about the person that you want to pair with and also what you have to offer, how you're thinking about yourself and how how much clarity you have over the life that you're building. Because so many people, well, they'll, they'll start coaching and I'll say, well, what are you looking for? And they're like, well, um, someone who's nice and someone who's, who's um, kind and attractive. And it's like, that's told me nothing that I could literally pick any, any dating profile and be like, well, this, this person's kind, this is attractive, but, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's about designing our own future. Yes. And that I think is really exciting, but I feel like even though I'm not literally flying through the air and dodging bullets as a parent, Shan, I do feel like sometimes, <laughs> I don't know if you can relate. Sometimes it does feel like we're doing that. And it's this constant dance and it's constant communication. And I just want to address, you said earlier something something that resonated with me, where people think relationships are work. And to me, it does not feel like work. At least not the kind of work where you're like punching a clock or you're just like, oh, I got to go to this job again. But the kind of work where... Like what you and I do, where we're excited to show up and we're excited to be there and to figure it out. Like it's constant communication. It's constant problem solving, but it doesn't feel like work at all. I had an aha with this recently, though, because somebody was saying it like it's a lot of work and then they were describing the work. And I was like, oh, what I get paid to do. So the reason why to me, I don't feel the strain is because I'm not doing a nine to five job and then coming home and having to read F the fairy tale. Mm. This is my job is to read this book. So the, the work that many people have to do extracurricularly, I'm being paid to do and then I can bring that into my marriage. So I yeah. think that's the benefit of what we have. Like you're already doing the work um, when you research for the book and totally. everything else. But the average person does still have to finish working and finish hanging out with their kids and then go tap in and read the book. So 
popping in for our final ad break with Quince and also to underscore that I just said one of the biggest lessons I learned this year. Even if something is fun, if you want to do it well, you need to do it often. And if you can't, you got to figure out services and people who do that for you so you can benefit from the work that they've put in. Take, for example, shopping. Most of us like getting new clothes, but if you don't know where to get them and how to put them together, it's going to show up. And that is why this holiday season, I am shopping with Quince. Quince is my go-to place for luxury essentials at affordable prices for everyone on my list, including myself. Check out my genuine leather jacket that I got for 150 bucks. I love the look of motorcycle jackets, so I have a few that have cost me a lot. And this one is the butteriest, richest looking brown that I own. Quince offers a range of high quality items with prices within reach, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, cotton sweaters, and comfy pants. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they put in the work. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. Thank you, Quince. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love it. And you're going to love this. Get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com lovers for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That is Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lovers to get free shipping and 365 days of returns. Speaking of returns, let's return back to the conversation. And I also want to emphasize that we get to always be learning. And there's so much of so many different elements of my life in the book where I learn from my kids and I learn from my colleagues and I learn from past jobs that I've had and I learn from my parents and we get to take a little piece of all of that and build what we want to build. And I don't want to diminish the fact that for some people, like these stories that are passed down to us are also very important. And for some people, like I've worked with clients who said, I have to marry someone of my faith. That is not necessarily my dream, but that's my parents' dream. And so that's the most important criteria. And if you decide that that is the most criteria for how you want to feel in the re- relationship, because the relationship's not just the two of you. The relationship yes. also includes what is the family that I'm building? How will my parents feel about this person? Where are we going to live? How much money are we going to make? What, you know, the whole, the whole design of your life does sort of hinge on this one choice, not to make it too dramatic or anything, but everything does hinge off of this. And if you decide that for you, that relationship with your parents is the most important thing. And that if you were to date someone of a different race or a different religion or a different, uh, anything, then that would be detrimental to your parents or other aspects of your life. Then that's not the answer for you at all. But if you have, embrace this idea of designing your own life and you have put in the the time to think about what is this life that I'm building, I love for people to just sort of open up their parameters, whether it be around age or any of the other things that I've talked about and see, just see when you connect. Because again, that feeling will be repeated, but the package that it comes in and all those little details and boxes, they can change. They can really surprise you. This is sounding to me like this quote that a friend of mine gave. You know when you quote somebody so often that you're like, I should just stop or (laughs) (laughs) I should stop attributing it to them because I just have to repeat this every time. But Hey Fran Hey said that in life people focus on to-do lists rather than to-feel lists. And that unlocked such a huge aha for me when it came to dating because I was like, that's exactly it. When I stopped focusing on more like to be list, like they have to be this tall, they have to be this age, they have to be at this kind of job, like they have to be um, cool with my family and friends. And instead I just focused on the feel, like I want to feel smart, I want to feel sexy, I want to feel relaxed, I don't want to feel neurotic, Mm. I don't want to feel anxious. And I did that not for my serious romantic partner, but for my casual partners, And then through doing that, I met so many great people. I started actually enjoying dating. Mm. Um, And in the end, I 
ended up with a husband. So I think that when you do that, though, you when we let go of the fairy tale, we do lose the opportunity to get that template partner, right? And that socially can be very valuable or even the template story. I did a research paper about love at first sight and they were saying like, look, like a big portion of love at first sight is social acceptance because people revere relationships that are formed this way more than they do ones that have the harder work around. We were platonic friends for 10 years until Mm -hmm. I looked up and I was like, I guess you're attractive. And nobody wants that story at a brunch, right? They want to hear like, I was walking and they stopped me and I looked in their eyes and I just knew. So the social element does get lost when we let go of the fairy tale because the rest of the world still does subscribe to these ideas that the man should be this tall, this age, make this much more money. The woman should look this way. They should meet this exact way. They should have kids at this exact time. They should live here. They should have this much money. And how do you reconcile with the loss of that? Yeah. I mean, that's all optics and that's all what's happening externally. But coming back to the feeling, if you can separate that, what's happening internally is very different. And I do hear a lot of focus on the story that I want to tell my kids or the story that, <laughs> right, that I want to share. I mean, I've, I, I didn't tell people that my husband and I met online. We met online when it was really not yeah. cool, Shan. It was not, that was not the thing for someone in their 20s to be like, I met this dude on a dating site. It wasn't even an app back then. Uh, so I didn't tell people. But the funny thing is, <laughs> it actually became the interesting story at that time because it was different. It was unique. And ultimately, it was our story. And it was the truth. And I always say, my kids don't care that they met online, that we met online. They just care that they exist. You know, it's like, this is not the story I want to tell my kids. They, the story doesn't matter. <laughs> They're here. So, and I'm sure your kids don't care that you were friends before. And, you know, so it's, it's reconciling that internally that you have to go forward confidently. And look, there are some people that are listening right now that might be like, no. I got to have the car. I got to have the tall. I got to have these optics for the life that I'm living. And that's okay if that is, if you are choosing that mindfully. But you've got to be making, you've got to acknowledge where that desire comes from and meet that with mindfulness. Or you can just stay asleep and (laughs) and just keep doing what everybody else is doing, you know, do it for the external factors. But uh, I'll probably see you in 10 years when you come back around on the other side. Yeah. So many people come to me after, after divorce, after, after failed relationships and realize that they were chasing somebody else's ideal. So let's just save the trouble. (laughs) Or if you're in that place and you need a restart, I think it's also empowering to know that you get to write your story from whatever place you're at. Like maybe you were not in the best relationship before, but you get to get perspective on that and design a new roadmap at any time. And I've worked with clients from mid twenties all the way up to 80. Like, and this goes back to what I was saying about dating apps, creating so much opportunity. 20 years ago, if you were a divorced woman 60 plus, good luck to you finding a husband. That was pretty much the end of your dating journey. Not necessarily if you were a guy, but if, and that is also beginning to shift. But if you were a woman, that was it. But now I have clients in their 60s that are going on multiple dates a week. That creates so much more opportunity for people whose lives were set, whose social circles were set, the traditional ways of meeting someone didn't work for that subset. But now there's so much opportunity at their fingertips and there's so much more life to be lived. And I love that. I love dating apps for that. And for all the other people that, that maybe didn't think that love was possible for them either. When people see this book on bookshelves, 
what do you want them to know about what's on the inside? If somebody was looking at it and they're doing this and you could pop out from the middle and say, hey, here's what you're going to get, what would you tell them? Well, first I would tell them it's not a cynical book. (laughs) (laughs) It is F the fairy tale, rewrite the dating myths and live your own love story. So I do hope that they realize the messages of empowerment. It's not to like, you know, crap on dating. And the other thing is that when you show up for yourself in this way, things happen so quickly. I have so many clients that I talk about in the book that came to me maybe after working with other matchmakers, after being single for a long time, after not having the roadmap for themselves and just feeling lost and bewildered. And I, all I want to do with this book is to give you a few more tools in your toolbox and some aha moments where you realize that sometimes it's not a huge change to your dating life. It's just making a few, few adjustments. Sometimes it's mindset. Sometimes it's where you're finding dates. Sometimes it's how you're showing up for dates. Sometimes it's the follow through, the closing the loop and the, the deciding, do I want to keep dating this person or it, do I need to go back to the well and not being afraid to go back to the well because now you have the tools to do it without exhausting yourself. I just want everyone to know that, that if they can just approach dating mindfully, that it can shift their entire experience with dating and relationships. And what does mindfully mean? Mindfully means having that clarity on the story that you're writing, not buying into everybody else's ideals, but really designing the one that designing the love story that you want to write. Just as a a fun thing, what's a dating faux pas that a lot of your clients make that you're like, let's fix this. And for anybody listening, let's just Mm -hmm. stop doing this from now. Well, I also talk about empathetic dating a lot because I feel like a lot of times we come to the table like, all right, dance for me. Like, What what are you going to do for me? And if you have empathy in mind when you sit down across the table from someone or maybe not across the table, maybe on an activity date, because I, I think dinner dates are not a good choice. But if you approach dating with empathy for the other person and you really try to meet them where they're at and do some of the things that we were talking about earlier with listening and staying in the moment with them, it'll shift your entire experience. It won't feel like, I'm just sorting through this database here. Like, you know, thank you, next. It'll feel like, oh, I'm actually having an experience. And they can get some of that fun that you had through your dating experience and some of that clarity that we've been talking about just by first showing up with empathy. I feel that 1,000%. I always tell people to remind themselves that this is a person who is setting aside time to get to know you, not to make money off of you, not to build a business with you. Like so much of our transactions are based on like a hope for a long-term projection. That's like very clear. This is just somebody who's like, I just want to know if we have something between us that's special and worth hanging out more for. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And And friends don't do that. Right. Like, I don't know who else does that to be like, Let's just go. I mean, they try. They'll try with general meetings. I'm not coming to your general meeting. Uh, what job do you have? Otherwise, I'm not showing up. <laughs> this ain't general. Yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned the, that someone's giving you their time. That is so important to remember that when you say yes to a date, you are giving of your time and they're giving of their time. And time is our most valuable resource. It's non-renewable. We're not getting any more. So who you choose to spend your time with And how you spend that time is really important. So let's stop wasting the time and really show up in an empathetic way. The end. Before people go, they already know where we want them to go. But if there's any other places that you want to encourage people to get more of you, where are those places? Thank you for your time, Shan. And thank you for the opportunity. Um, They can find the book, F the Fairytale Book just the letter F, the fairy tale book. And I also do the Dates and Mates podcast every Tuesday, like clockwork. It's been 11 seasons of a labor of love. And um, that is still where I really get to play and explore a lot of these themes that helped me build F the fairy tale. 
congratulations. This is going to be a bestseller. This is going to be your biggest thing yet. And I'm really glad to push it out there. We've been knowing each other now for like five years, five years, six years. Um, And I'm just so grateful to be in your community. Thank you for coming. Thank you. (laughs) Please go and cop F the fairy tale. Demona is such a light. She's so damn good at what she does. And if you don't need the book for yourself, because it's not your season right now, maybe someone that you love. What a beautiful way to jumpstart someone's new year with that kind of intentionality. I loved the conversation. And I know I loved the conversation because when it ended, I was left with more questions than answers. Um, And that's the purpose of the podcast, y'all. Remember that. When we started this thing, the goal wasn't to tell you how to live. It was to inspire you to spark interesting conversations that would get you to that aha for yourself. And the only way you can really get to those is by talking to people who are closest to you. So when I finished this conversation, I was like really curious what Jared would say about all of this. So I asked him if he would come on for a third segment, which we haven't done in a long time. And he said yes. So let's bring him in. You're you're my dream come true, but you're not the fairy tale. You know, you uh, one, we have to... F- film our lives in very awkward situations uh you know sometimes you have to use an ice dildo and put it on camera and put it on instagram so i I don't know if every man would be comfortable with that stuff but so i wouldn't say that you're the fairy tale oh you don't know how to cook so i think that fairy tale no my dream woman yes look the fairy tale woman is a woman that is super super submissive and is always waiting on you hand and foot but also has a life um you know she is an amazing cook and has time to spend an equal amount of time with me and the kids and cook and clean and do all the things now what i am saying it sounds extremely misogynistic but uh the dream woman is somebody that adds to someone's life without any compromise and that is impossible in relationships Um, The reality of the situation is that you should focus on how this person is making me feel and what do the other people around me that are the closest to me feel how I am when I'm with this person. Um, And, you know, life is about give or take. And you might be like, dang, she can't cook and I love home cooked meals. But then you're like, whoa, she's really, really powerful and has a great business mind and can actually help me in my business. So... At the end of the day, you just got to look at the things that you value the most. And does this person support that and aid that? And does this person make me a better person? There's a lot of persons, but you get the point. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, lovers and friends. And I said, lovers and friends. I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said, I'ma wax that, I'ma tax that. Bring it back so you can mac that, pack that. Where you going, press play, podcast streaming. Got you going all day, talking about the good, good. Girl, you know you look good. Sex, bring sex, feeling understood. Yeah, you find it now, he no good. But if you listen, pay attention, you gon' find out how to make a miss. You got a ticket, baby, you just lovers and friends. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. 